Hello, my praying people. What a great summer we have had discussing the truth about women. Uh, Ten episodes, eight different amazing women that I've had the privilege of knowing most of them for many years, and it's just been so much fun introducing them to you. And now in this 10th episode, I'm circling back around with Bobby Ann Allen, who started this journey with us. If you remember, Bobby Ann is a pastor's wife. She's a women's ministry leader. She lives right down the road from us, about an hour away in Huntsville, Alabama, where her husband is a pastor. And she is on staff as that, um, as I said already, the women's ministry leader. And Bobby Ann is such an, an, a bundle of energy. She and I have known each other for many, many years. And together in this podcast, we are merely reflecting over all that we learned this summer and kind of sharing some of our aha moments and and highlighting the impact that um, this deep dive into what the Bible says about women um, and how that has impacted us. So just kick back and enjoy this conversation that I had with Bobby Ann. Hello, my praying people, and I cannot believe that we've come to the end of this summer series of The Truth About Women, but at the same time, I'm very excited to be back again with Bobby Ann Allen. If you remember, Bobby and Ann, Bobby and Ann, Bobby Ann, <laughs> you're just one person, oh, not two. Yes. <laughs> Bobby Ann, thank you for being with us today. Oh, um, I'm super excited to do this. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, so excited. And for my listeners, you guys remember Bobby Ann is a pastor's wife, just like I am. She's a women's ministry leader, like I have been. Um, she is an author. She's uh, done several Bible studies. She's very active on staff with her husband, who's also a pastor. She and I have so many similar similarities in our lives. Now, she only has two children. I have three. <laughs> <laughs> and hers are still at home and mine are, are all over literally all over the world yeah. I'll, I'll remind y'all that it was my son tj i think yeah. that kind of brought us together or maybe we brought him into the into the picture together and um my in fact bobby and i didn't tell you but tj's headed home from australia in wow. a week yeah okay. he's coming home a, or maybe it's two weeks from yesterday i'm so excited about it oh so, i'm excited yeah. for you i know so excited so anyway she knows my son really well and um and we have a, a big old history with each other. So, but without taking any more time to do that, because y'all are, if you've been listening to our, our series, you, you've already met Bobby Ann because we launched the series together. And for those that may be listening to this episode and you're just now realizing, oh, this is part of a series. Um, I want you to go ahead. I mean, obviously you can listen to this. It'll probably be a great time for you to get a little bit of an overview of the whole thing. <laughs> But I'd love to invite you to go back um, at your leisure. You know, what's great about podcasts is they're they're always out there and they're always available. And you can look back over the, the series and see that this is number 10 in um, a series of 10 podcast episodes where I've been able to be privileged to uh, meet with and have conversations with a lot of different women. And so Bobby Ann and I are going to jump into that and just kind of reflect on the things that we learned, maybe the things that surprised us throughout the podcast, and um, remember a bit of that. So we're going to do that now. And um, Bobby Ann, thank you. Oh, gosh, thanks so much for having me. This is already fun. <laughs> already fun. Yes, already and fun. here we are on the other end of summer. Except yeah. for summer seems to end awfully early nowadays, doesn't it? 
Well, yeah, my kids started school August 3rd. What? That's, crazy. I mean, that's, that's We are in summer. This is not. Right. This <laughs> I is know. Summer. In fact, they were in school the other day and I just went to the pool and I was like, this is really how it should be. Y'all go to school. <laughs> I go to the pool, but yeah. I should be able to do that. They should be that's able to good. So. That's a good plan. All the women should hit the pool now without the children during the month of August. Because yes, uh, we've got, goodness, we've got at least six more weeks of good outdoor oh, swimming weather, I think, sure. at least in the South. I don't know how you guys are doing up North or whatnot, okay. but we in the South still have plenty of good summertime. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. yeah, true. And so. mine are headed back to school. My grandchildren are headed back to school in just another two days so they're they're headed back too but anyway and we we first began we talked to each other in June and I think I was off at youth camp I was talking to you That's from the beach and so it's been fun thinking about all the places we've been yeah. we've been since then but let's jump into this we set out to talk about what the bible says about women and um to really dig into the truth, like what God's take is in a, in a culture today that seems to be so confused about so many things and this gender identity being one of the, the really hot topics right now. And so, um, Bobby Ann, in thinking about where we were then and kind of where we are now on the other side, let's talk about some of our, I call them aha moments or, or um, things that we learned throughout the pod, the series that that struck us as something maybe that we learned or thought about in a different way yeah so um just jump in there we can kind of go chronologically if you want to okay. with kind of the series was yeah let's uh well i'm gonna have to pull them up I've, um as far as yeah we can kind of go through each of these like do you want to go just start yeah well i'll start then because i actually okay. made a list right here so that okay. i could kind of keep it sort of in order in my head but um I was real, I had so much fun talking to Shandalee Christman. She was the next person right after you and after I me. launched right. the, the series. And she had, she is such a scholar on um, Hebrew language even. Yes. And she made a comment and I, I should have written it down, but she was talking about the number of words that the Hebrew language has in general. Right. And I, I'm thinking it might've been 8,000 or something. And I remember not thinking, okay, well, that's a number. But then when she said that we in our English language have like hundreds of thousands of words. <laughs> I don't remember what the word, what the name, but I went, oh, I see what you're about to say. And what she was about to share with us was that words in the Hebrew language have many, many, many different, various different meanings. Whereas in English, we have all different words for all those different meanings. Yes. And that was when kind of where she started from when she was talking about the word that we were discussing in the episode was Ezra Connecto, which is the word that God used for the creation of women. When he said, um, I'm going to make a woman suitable for you, a helpmate suitable for you or a helper, various translations. And that word for the helper is Ezra Connecto. And so we then um, took, she explained what that word what that word meant. Yeah. And I remember being just um, thinking, this is not anything that I think I have been taught, mm. you know, growing up in church as a woman. Yeah. I don't know that I ever even knew that word, right. that Hebrew word. No, you know? I didn't. That was, in fact, that was new to me. And I, well, as I think about it, just aha moments before we all, like, one, I have, I'm just going to back up actually and say, mm -hmm. one of my aha moments was, oh my goodness, Leanne, you've got some friends that I feel like we need to have a, 
like a retreat together in a yeah. like <laughs> I was like I want to spend time with these people uh, yes under them uh gosh you God has blessed you with some really smart women which made me so wonder true. and not a, a, a not putting myself down but I did have to go God why am I this? <laughs> like, as no. looked, I thought wow this is so fantastic but also in the fact that each person that you spoke with brought such this different flavor and what Chantilly mm -hmm. brought to it was this really academic part of uh -huh. it a really necessary part as we're going to approach this whole topic is mm -hmm. that we don't want to just approach it from a here's what I feel today here's what my experiences mm -hmm. are today really with an approach to understanding the Bible um, yeah. and, and you have to start with the language and understanding the language. I was thinking about it because just yesterday I was in my life group and we were talking about how we read the Bible and somebody brought up the verse um, that's in the King James and Isaiah about the unicorn. I don't know if you know oh, that I have heard the King James version but it uses the word unicorn. And um, I was thinking about that. So funny because if you have no uh, experience with the Bible or you do and you don't like the Bible or whatever you go see, they're crazy. <laughs> they put unicorns in the Bible. And, but it was, okay. if you understand how they got to that, they were actually talking about an animal with a single horn and it came out yes. unicorn. But I think that's right. largely what Chantilly is doing for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is kind of taking a step back and saying, hey, you have to understand this language. And yes. the fact that where it was translated unicorn in Isaiah, uh -huh. kind of the same thing here with creation and, and with woman and how our Western, our language, all of our approach to yes. Bible is, can be really skewed if we're only reading it from our frame of reference and right. I think that's one of the things that you have to take through every single one of these is that just this understanding of that what are you looking for when you read the bible you know I think a lot of times we we even read it with an agenda in mind um, yes and I think that that's one of the things that Chandelier really gave us yes it's yes really in a foundation of hold, hold on you know, this was written to a particular people at a particular time with a particular intent. And yes. we got to, we got to take off our lenses and make sure we're, we're putting on the lenses that we're looking for God in this. We're looking for God's intent for God's heart in all of it. And I think starting from that place really yeah. helped. That's good. That's good. One of the things too, I remember, and as you're saying that is when she made mention of the other languages and cultures that were going on at the same time that this yeah. culture was, that they had a totally more demeaning view of women than what was being presented in the creation story. And that this whole part of, of scripture was being written at a time when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt 
and asking the questions like, who are we and who is our God mm -hmm. and how do we relate to one another? And God was showing them through these, um, what had been oral tradition stories, putting them into writing. He was showing them how they were different than the other people. It was helping them identify, that's identity, is understanding yeah. who am I versus who are you and who are all these people and who are we? And that was how they were understanding who they were. And when she brought up the point that in all of the other cultures, the, the others, that women were like not significant at all, that they were barely more than just property and all this kind of thing. And so the fact that God said, you know, I'm going to make you, and then even the word helper and, and the rib, remember oh. she said that about the rib, that it didn't necessarily mean just one little bone. It meant like out of the side of the man, I'm creating the woman. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm a visual listener. And I was like seeing the clay just being pulled apart and this woman made, and then God re, you know, fixing the man from what had been taken out of him. And a whole, you come alongside, like you're the whole counterpart right there. And that that's not just a marriage relationship. That's a, a male, female, how we yeah. live life. Like we both yeah. bring how we're uniquely made into the, yeah. into the existence. And it was just really, uh, to me, very affirming in mm -hmm. how God made us. And the whole um, Ezra Connecto, which meant a warrior, who comes alongside to help. And I was like, that is way more than just a rib that comes alongside to yeah. make your life wonderful. <laughs> Even though, I mean, I know we want to make our, the men's lives wonderful and, and we want our own lives to be wonderful at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, it's exactly, well, and it is. And I think we, we talked about this, you and I, from the very first, is that there is a, just an ongoing tension with the the fall of man that yeah. you know we're going to fail um, yes and i think that that's one of the things that that i came out of this with is that that men fail and and women yeah. fail and yeah. we're sinners and it a lot of times is where this tension and this frustration yeah. comes from. And so I think it's good. I love that just to, but we could be warriors together. Yes. We can kind of just come to terms with yeah. from a humble place of both of us. We need each other. I um, love that. And that the Holy spirit that lives inside of us really has the opportunity to minister to yeah. To another and so I, I I love that I love what she brought out through those so good those and really it was a great um so much of the undercurrent of this whole summer series is understanding how to approach the Bible with integrity and oh. just what you're saying how why are you reading the Bible to use it as an argument against Christianity well then you're gonna see things that we're not I mean, you're going to it looking for that and yeah. using it more. Or are you reading the Bible to go, you know, be self-righteous? Like how you approach it, the scripture really matters. And then I feel like what a lot of these women taught me was that when we approach the scripture, we, we have to do it with integrity. One of the things that Christy said just last week in the podcast was that unless we see the, the um, scripture and understand what it was saying to the audience that it was originally written to, 
then we can't understand it for us today. We must understand how it was yeah. meant in the original context. And I feel like that's even what Latan brought when we, um, she's written the book, Courageous Women of the Bible. And when she was talking specifically about some of the Old Testament stories, and I remember specifically that story of um, Deborah and how Deborah, you know, I'd always seen her as like, you go girl, like you were leading a nation. And she was bringing alongside really just Deborah was doing what God called her to do. And um, when she led, even saying to her general, I can't remember his name right now, it flew my, yeah, flew Barack. my head. Barack, yeah. When she was saying to him, I'll go with you. And, and that, but he was not saying, he was not being so much a coward as he was just saying, I want the one who is speaking God's word to be right here with me. It's almost saying, I want to stay close to you, God, as I'm leading these troops, which that brought real balance in my mind too. And yeah. so it kind of, in my mind, that conversation with her brought Deborah down a knot. I mean, not down, but it wasn't like, oh yeah, you go yes. Amazon woman. It was more like, wow, she's just walking in God's plan for her. And Barack is smart enough to go with her because yeah. he wants to go with God. Yeah. And I thought that was a great point. That's a and then, cool picture. Yeah, it was. And then when we talked about JL, the one who actually did the killing <laughs> yeah. of Sisera, yeah. and I was, I've always, <laughs> in fact, I had told her, I had taught on that before and called it a gory story because of, you know, just thinking it, about this woman, putting gory. a chicken <laughs> her head, but he, she then made, Latan made the point that think about the women back then, like they were all strong women, man, they pitched those tents, they put those tents up and they fed their families. Like it was, it was hard work, physical labor. So all the women would have been very strong. And where that conversation went, I remember that day was, and this uh, um, stirred the Ezra Conegdo in me because it was talking about when the enemy came into her home, she took care of business. Yeah. And that really, you know, was like, oh yeah, okay. if the enemy comes into my home, that I am going to be like JL and I'm going to nail him. And, and we have to take that kind of authority of our home. So it was just a real um, inspirational uh, sure. thought and also nestled in this whole place of understanding what the scripture says in that day, which obviously went into the misogyny conversation was God a misogynist. And yeah. Bobby, and did you know, now you might have what a misogynist was before like recent times. Had you heard that word and knew what it was? Uh, well, I mean, I would say that I've certainly heard that word for a while, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that I probably like, it's not a word I use in my regular language. Right. Um, but I do, like, as you say that, I think it's part, part of the reason I don't use it is Thank goodness I, I don't deal with a lot of people that are yeah. um, misogynist, which helps. Um, but I do understand why I think people use that word um, is mm -hmm. that, that there are misogynist um, yeah. men um, yeah. that have mistreated women. And, um, and again, I, I think we're going to probably keep coming back to this over and over and over is that and, and you, I've heard you say it over and over through this podcast, we're living in a time where so many people are really pushing back against scripture and mm -hmm. even the God of the Bible. And mm -hmm. they're, they're picking particular passages um, 
and not reading scripture as a whole. They're, they're not right. looking for God in right. the Bible. And they are looking to, to build up their case. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, and I think this is really important, is that we as believers, it needs to be okay for people to ask questions. And, yes. and it, needs to be, it needs to be okay for even me to have some passages in scripture that I go, yeah, I'm not completely comfortable with that. And yeah. I don't completely understand that. But if yeah. I'm reading the whole of scripture, if I'm looking for God as I read, yes. I have to go, there must be something I'm missing. Um, and not, not to say that scripture gives us what we need. Um, I'm mm -hmm. saying that my flawed status says, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep asking God to reveal himself to mm -hmm. me. And so um, I think that is where I understand why people, especially if they're reading Bible, uh, the Bible, not, um, not powered by the Holy Spirit within them. It can be really confusing. It can right. be really off-putting um, uh -huh. uh -huh. with things like, is God a misogynist? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like, right. And in, tr in truth, there are still things, and I've studied the Bible for a while. I've taught the Bible for a while. There's uh -huh. still things that I go, yeah, I don't get that. I don't right. understand that. I mean, I can give you the answers, um, yep. and, but I can still go, like, I'm going to trust in the God that everywhere in scripture, what I see and what I've experienced personally, the, the places that he's healed in my life, that that God, um, I, I'm not reconciling everything with what I read, um, but I'm trusting in who I know him to be and, and where I see him all throughout scripture and, and what he's done for us. Um, so yeah, yeah, I went off on you asked if I was familiar with that word. I well, have, um, heard it. Um, I, yeah. and I've heard it for a while um, in different contexts, but I think we're hearing it more from people yeah. um, that have been hurt that yes. um, and the enemy's gotten a hold of and, and, yeah. and blinded in some areas. So. Well, and I'm glad you came, you, you said that part at the end of what you're saying, because I, um, I think there is a hurt behind a lot of the accusations and the hostility that people have toward scripture and the church and Christianity. Yes. And um, I think that what's great about what we're learning is God knows how to, how to um, intersect that, you know, and that's what he was doing in, in so many of those places. And, I, for one, I totally agree with you being somebody that has um, read the Bible for many years and taught the Bible that there are still places you're like, mm, I, don't, I don't know about that. And I know that when hurt and wounded people have come into conversations with me, they've brought up obscure passages of scripture, yeah. you know, that I not even necessarily familiar with and I've even read you know the Bible cover to cover yeah. and when they bring it up and in the context of their accusation one I'm a little intimidated because they know a little bit more about it than I do and I'm supposed to know you know I'm the got the seminary degree or whatever <laughs> and then <laughs> and then when I get over that I I think oh the way you're seeing it I can see how you see it that way and that you know how you do it 
And then what I loved about um, what digging in and understanding cultural context and what that's done is that's taking us out of the seat of God, you make this word work right here, right now in my life and make sense of it to me. But that's a very me-centered way of approaching an ancient book. I, I keep looking at my book right here. Like I have it sitting here. Like that's a me way of approaching, of approaching this book. But when you realize the, the fascination of the fact that some of this was written thousands of years ago. And so obviously the context that it was written in was very, very different than what ours is today, even though the needs are the same and the, and the sense and the need for God is the same. And, and when you're able then to have somebody like Mary Wilson in that misogynist conversation, I was really reporting back what I had heard her teach and she's giving context to it. And you're like, oh, this looks totally different to me now that you're explaining how the world was working at that time. Yeah. And so I think that one of our challenges today is to love the Lord and yield ourselves so to him so that when we're opening this ancient book, we're able to allow the Holy Spirit to even give, take it out of that. I mean, not from that place and giving us understanding so that we can contextualize it for our culture today so that it can begin to make sense today. And I love what you said about the God that you see overall, when you watch how his love is weaving, he's, he's taking initiative. He even, one of the things that I recognized so much, and this went on into our new Testament conversation about submission is how God is serious about covenant relationship. And he demonstrates that in the marriage relationship. And it even gets to be more significant on into new Testament times that he wants to show, because that's our place where we live in covenant relationship with each other. And so to break that covenant is, is huge to him. And the other beautiful thing is he doesn't break it. Like he's never going to break that covenant relationship. And I think that's, I always use that. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I always No, you go for it. One of the things I, I love, I love to teach on the old Testament, but I love to teach on covenants. Um, because I think most of us have a flawed understanding of what a covenant is. We often think of covenants like contracts and covenants are not contracts. In a contract, you've got two parties. If one party breaks the contract, the other party is free from the Uh contract. You're no longer bound to the contract. That's not what a covenant is. A covenant says there's two parties in this covenant. If one breaks their part of it, the other one still sticks with it. And, and that is what God does with us. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. And that is such an important part of understanding um, this overall covenant that, that we are in with God. That's why he takes covenant so seriously is because he's not breaking us. He's not not leaving even when we leave. And, um, and again, going back and forth here, but Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't read it um, and, and pull bits and pieces out of it that are so out of context without fully understanding the very character of God. This stick with you no matter what God, that if this is yeah. his character and then we're reading bits and pieces of passages that go, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Then we're missing it. I, I heard somebody say the other day, it would be like if we read 
uh, a manual for a car um, and mm-hmm. back in, you know, the 1950s. Well, um, mm-hmm. if we read it and it didn't say anything about car seats, we'd be mm-hmm. like, wait, what? This is, this is terrible. Well, yeah. that's not something that they did then. Right. Now, to us, that's unthinkable. Um, uh-huh. But to them, that had not been introduced. Like it was uh-huh. not, they didn't understand the safety and that was tied to it. And so you don't read it with the eyes of 2022 for something right. that was written at a totally different time. And, to, and so right. you have to understand scripture that way as well. Yes. Uh, you have to read it that way as well. That, that those weren't the things that they even had the knowledge to, to be concerned about at the moment. And the writer, God inspired the writer, wrote about what those people needed at that time. And right. yet it's still relevant today. Even yes. We <laughs> go, wait, what about that? Yeah. yeah. Are we yeah. looking for God or are we, are we looking for us? Right. We're often looking for us in scripture. Yes. And, yes. and God gave us the Bible so that we could find him. Well, and what's beautiful about that, Bobby Ann, is when we find him, we find us. Uh, exactly. Because if we find ourselves in yes. him, like that is, this whole thing's about identity. And you said something really good um, as we were talking offline before we were online yeah. and we were talking and you said, gender's not as so much about identity as it is about assignment. Yes. And yeah. I thought that was so rich because that's what, you know, the truth about women, we're telling the truth about the gender of women. Like we have to give an answer to the accusations that the culture is making. And in doing that, we're, we're really coming around to understanding it's not about being male and female so much as it is about who we are in the eyes of God and the value he places on us and then the assignments that he's given us and then how we, our gender kind of um, plays into the assignment itself and how we live out our reflection, you know, cause it is male and female. He made them in the image of himself. And so we are the reflection of the glory of God in the world. We're image bearers mm-hmm. and we're female image bearers and male image bearers, but we're also Bobby Ann image bearers and Leanne image bearers, you know, and we yeah. all have our unique, um, portion of, our glimpse of the, of the glory of God, like we're all a, a portion of that, that we can shine to the world. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. So I, mean, that's, I mean, it's, it is, and it's so important. And I think it needs to be acknowledged that the world doesn't think this way and it is right. why we need to address it. Um, because the world the world does put us in all these boxes. I mean, we are male and female. There are some specific things about that that we. Right. But, but if we're finding our value based off those, we're we're missing. Mm-hmm. We're missing. That's it. right. And with the same as that, if we're finding our value in, I want your assignment, Leanne, instead of my assignment, we're missing it. Right. It's right. about us instead of God's kingdom and God's glory that He would. He would give us an assignment. I was talking to my daughter actually um, last week because so I have a pastor's kid um, that lives in my house, and sometimes that's <laughs> the bane of her existence. That very little, yes. it is the yes. bane of her existence, and nobody understands. And I, I would agree with her that unless you have lived this life, no, that is true. Nobody understands. Right. But I think what 
every one of us, her included, I, I, I was talking to her and I was speaking to myself, is that we all walk in with something about our assignment that we don't love. Like we, mm-hmm. we always are going, I wish I had, I wish I was like for them and then, then I wish I could, mm-hmm. and all of us do it. We, we won't always, I think most of us wouldn't necessarily choose the assignment that God gave us. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm thinking about some specific areas. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it's in those that God makes up his body. Um, and, and that becomes the role that he wants us to play. And I think for us as women, sometimes we want to go, but men get to blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. You have to deal with that. We have to deal with the heart part of that. Just like my daughter is, I was like, you have to deal with the heart part of that. Just like a a single mom that walks into a church that God begins to give her a ministry to single moms. She probably didn't choose that. Right. She kind of chosen that, but God uses that. And yeah. I think it's the same for us in, in our genders um, and, and who we're married to and whatever it yeah. is that God's given us our life experiences. And we can't let those define out us That's good. With our identity or our value, but it can very yeah. much speak to how God reveals our assignments to us. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's good. Yeah. That is so good. And I've had a lot on my mind. Um, in in relationship to this not getting to choose what our assignments are and as I was thinking about how tender Jesus you know and and even the world will say that God of your old testament I'll get him but Jesus Jesus we like you know they like Jesus because he was always meeting people where they are which is I mean what's not to love about Jesus what's not to love about Jesus that's a great we should make a shirt about that says that. And no wonder he said, just follow me and do what I do. And that's your best testimony yeah. to the world. And and we were several of our episodes were talking about the way that Jesus interacted with women, the the scandalous women, the desperate women. And every time what he was doing was placing value on these women oh. and, and releasing them to be out from under the burden that culture had put on them. You know, yeah. you are not what the world is saying that you are. You are precious. You are um, are uh, just precious in my sight and and I value you and I'm able to do for you what the world cannot do and those are the things that he did and it made no matter and no difference if it was um what I one of the favorites was the desperate women that he slowed down to take care of one woman that would have been considered an outcast from society from on a urgent mission to a guy who was like at the top of the societal rung I mean that you can't get any better than that in a day in the life of Jesus. And I've thought about how, when he was on the boat going across that sea of Galilee and the storm came up and I was thinking about the storms that come up in our lives and how, if we're in the boat with Jesus, we're going to get to the other side, but it doesn't always feel like that in the midst of the storm, because sometimes we find ourselves in a place where he certainly, we know he's in the boat because we've got a relationship with him, but he certainly seems to be sleeping as our storm is raging. But what I remember and what kind of haunted me about that story was that when he woke, when the disciples woke him up, he didn't even just wake up. The storm didn't wake him up. The disciples did. They're shaking him awake. Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care. And 
instead of him saying like, well, of course I care. Bless your hearts. Let's take care of this. You know, like that. So many times, like that's how I would think he would do, but that's not what he did. He just, he of course takes care of the storm, but then he rebukes them. Like, he's like, well, ye of little faith or how long is it going to be before you trust me? And I've been thinking about that rebuke a lot because we don't choose what our assignments are. Our assignments choose us. Sometimes we're just suffering the storms of life. And why would he rebuke us? And I think this is my take on it. I think that he does that because he, he sees us in such distress and it's unnecessary. Unnecessary. It doesn't have to be, we don't have to be distressed. And I think that's the part he's like, why are you not believing? Because if you just believe that I am the God from the beginning to the end. I mean, you know, and to me, it's such a miracle anyway. The whole scripture is just that we have this and that it is so applicable and it really is living and active in our lives when we approach scripture with the submissive spirit. We can talk about the submission conversation in a minute, but when we approach it that way, he's like, I know things you don't know. And like all of these ways that we come with accusation to the scripture, I, the that takes a lot of humility to say, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like what- I've not done the study. I've not sat down. I've not taken into account what's actually going on in the world. I mean, it's really kind of an arrogant thing to take scripture out of the context it was written in and put it into our present day and be like, well, this is just then right. And there's plenty that seems not right about it. And thank goodness we've, we've come from a lot of really barbaric cultural practices to some much more civilized ways of doing life today. But, but anyway, it's just, um, Jesus, I think his rebuke was more, is more of a heartfelt compassion for us where he's saying to those who love him, obviously the storms are inevitable, but I'm here to tell you that even if I'm asleep in the boat, you're going to be okay. Like we're, and if I've told you we're going to the other side, we're getting there. You know, we're going to make it. And what I want to get to the point of being is that when I sit with Jesus in the word, in the mornings with him, And he reminds me of the promises that he has given me for me to be able to get up from that place and live my day without a second thought about anything bothering me or anything that comes my way that day, because Jesus already told me it's going to be okay. And I'm so confident that he's going to make it okay that I don't have to even, you know, be ruffled by it. I just want to be like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I just want it to roll off of me. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that, that is so good. And I think, uh, well, and, you know, the longer you've walked with the Lord longer than I have, Leanne, but I, I feel like the longer I walk with the Lord, the more I've seen that there's so many things that I, I don't need to get upset about. Because if I just right. wait, right. it to work out. Like yeah. God shows up and I I've been wringing my hands like yeah. he wasn't coming <laughs> like there wasn't and and so often so often God is doing something and he yeah. shows up in ways that I wasn't even looking for right like, right I was looking over here that kind of like as you said that's not can't can we either not be in the boat or can you make the storm go away or can we get you know like, right I got all the solutions 
Yeah. I said, no, no, I've, I've got something I'm doing. And so yeah. many times, at least for me, I think it's in God's kindness that he's putting deposits in my faith bank that I, yeah. I needed because I'm all, I'm even making some debits here in a little while. And so I, yes. I, I walk through some of these things so that he can go, see, I'm right here. I'm going to yeah. put some deposits in here because in a little while you're going to make some debits. So we're going to put That's something right. in there. So it's there later. And God is so kind to do that for us. Um, but I, I'm with you. Like it, it requires me sitting with Jesus and, yeah. and letting him into those deeper parts of me that I don't even like to visit um, yeah. and giving him access and truly receiving from him what he wants to give us. And I think that that's what we saw as we looked at these stories of Jesus interacting with these women, whether it was mm -hmm. the scandalous women or the desperate women, or even the Marys is he was so kind, but mm -hmm. he didn't leave them there. He didn't be like, oh, well, you know, like he was, you know, without sin, that's yeah. her stone. And then, okay, well, look, nobody had anything. Well, have a good day. I mean, he, yeah, yeah. I want something better for you. Like I right. want, and, and I think that's what he's offering us. And that's what that's he good. We saw him offer these women. Um, yeah. Then he does take the time with them. And yeah. to, which then convicts me, am I, am I giving the time to receive what he wants to give me? Oh, that's good. You know? And cause you know, like, and we've said this for years, Leanne, mainly I think when we talk, but it, it's such a message, I think for you and I, as we like to do all the things. Right. <laughs> I can be like, oh, I had my time with the Lord today. Um, yeah. You know, like I read scripture and I, but <laughs> how much time did I spend receiving from him today? Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I, like God's really just been working on that in my life is, and I think it's just even hearing these messages um, just to receive because that's what he was Good. doing. He was just giving in a, a very tender way with these women and they just got to receive from him. Yeah. Know? And yeah. Um, the healing of the issue of blood or whatever it is, they just received. Yeah, they did. And that's what I want to do as well. Um, so, and the other thing that really with uh, the conversation we had with, or I had with um, Chris Adams and Simone yeah. Monroe, who I know you and Simone have done oh. some projects together. Oh. She's so great. Oh, well, she has, she's poured into my life so much. I'm oh. so grateful for her. I love it. Yes. For me in that conversation, which was a lot of fun, was that Mary like had this kind of spirit that when you're talking about receiving from the Lord, like she just walked in that place of whatever he says, yes. just, it's going to be okay. We're going with. Yeah. All the way from the very beginning when Gabriel, she's first yeah. like, well, how can this be? And then he tells her and she's like, all right, be it done to me. Um, I'm right here. And then making that connection with when Jesus was turning the water into wine and she just tells him the, the situation. And again, I've, I've read some scholars that say there he was again endorsing the covenant relationship because his first miracle happened at a wedding, which is kind of yeah. cool. But when she just literally, he's like, it's not my time yet. And all she does is turn to the servant and say, just do whatever he says. Yeah. Like, just, it was going to be fine. And I sincerely think after having that conversation with Chris and Simone, that she really just walked away from there, not knowing if he's going to turn the water into wine or not, but knowing that whatever he did, 
was going to be just fine. And so I think that's where the Lord planted that little nugget in me to be like, you know what, Lynn, if I say it, you just be okay with it. Like, I want to be like Mary and just say whatever he says and just carry on. And because he's, he's up to something or maybe not up to the thing I think he's up to, but whatever he's doing is the best. And I'm, I'm just going with that. And I don't know about, um, some of our listeners and where, where you all are in your life, but if you're in a place where you're like, oh, and you don't understand what I'm dealing with, you know, this is so very hard. I'm not sure it matters how hard it is. It's how big God is truly. And that he can be trusted in that way with whatever it is. And that leans us into then some New Testament teaching and how the story is all about him and not us. It's Mm -hmm. all about him. And that then got into that conversation about submission, which is probably one of the funnest conversations I've ever had about submission in all my life. I mean, but how can you not have fun with Jackie? Because she's so like just oh, down to earth. And, yes. and um, it was so good. And I totally enjoyed that, that, um, that conversation. And, and I think for me in that, she was like, in that like the whole teaching that we just yeah. Why are we discussing this? Isn't that what everybody's supposed to do? <laughs> right. And that's what I thought. Exactly. I thought, here we all think it's just for the women in Ephesians chapter five. Right. But isn't it just kind of throughout the whole thing? And I thought, yeah, yeah, it is. It's actually yeah. throughout the whole thing. So it was really good. And then of course, you know, Christy, uh, what's not, I mean, she's brilliant. Uh, and yeah, all, all that she brought to those difficult conversations with the and that again is just like those old testament passages we're talking about where you just pull out something and you're like oh my goodness well well you're following a religion that says that women can't braid their hair and they've got to cover their head and they can't breach they can't you know and and her then again just re-emphasizing really what Chandelier introduced that it all has to do with the context of the culture and the culture of that day. And I believe it wasn't until I was talking to Christy that I that I really, I mean, you know it, but I hadn't really thought about the effect of it was that the Jewish women were like a little subculture inside of the Greco-Roman world. Yeah. And that the way they lived was very different than the way yes. the women that were part of the rest of the culture yeah. of that day lived and that made up the New Testament. Yeah. No, well, and that's, I, I, as I listened to Christy, it's so funny because I, I texted you this because you even said on that podcast, you said, I should have paid money for this. And as I listened to it, I knew, I thought the same thing. I should have been paying money for this. And as we were were going through it and listening to it, I mean, I'm talking about, I, I know that that book was written to the church of Corinth, but to mm-hmm. fully think through who these new converts were and who were part of this church is, I think a really, really important part of this because I am guilty, Leanne, of picturing in my mind the church of Corinth looking a lot like my church in Huntsville, Alabama, right? I mean, like, Uh I I mean, you just, I just picture a church, well, there is right into a church. And Uh the reality is, is that it actually may have been a little bit like my church in Huntsville, Alabama, because it was full of people who, um, 
we're, we're new to the faith. Um, and we, uh-huh. we're experiencing that, which is a really cool thing, but it also had some people who had been there for a while. And I think about how we teach converts even now, um, we, we teach them truth, but we also try to give them some practical application. That, that's how we teach. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's right. a lot of what I learned as I listened to Christy is that when you look at it in the context of how you're discipling and teaching someone, um, you're teaching them the truth of scripture, but you're trying to put it in practical application for them. Mm-hmm. And in that case, mm-hmm. it was about their hair. Um, and right. But the reality is the bigger picture is, is not hair. <laughs> right. The point is not hair. The, but the point was that for them, as they wrote that letter, it was helping them understand what it looks like to walk in relationship with Jesus, what it looks like to be holy, um, mm-hmm. as, as Christy was talking about. And I think that's such an important thing for us to understand and to remember. And again, I was, I I listened to that going, okay, then, because (laughs) I, and I, I think you and I were talking about this. I think even the, the full scope of this series, the, the truth about women, I think a lot of us that may struggle with, well, what does the Bible say about women? And am I going to like what the Bible says about women? Am I okay with what the Bible says about women? And a lot of times comes from people that either one, um, have been hurt and, and yeah. by the way that women have tr- been treated or two, they've got a fire under them. Um, right. there's a, there's a, a strength and, and something in them that they, go, what does that look like for me? Because I'm not sure if I'm walking in it. And, that, and that's the reality is that sometimes we haven't been um, invited to walk in it. And so to read or, or to hear this in context with these women from Corinth that were strong, who probably had a yeah. fire, who were used to people listening to them and being able to yeah. call the shots and being able to, I go, uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe I need to be quiet a little bit more. Maybe right, I right. have a lot to say, and I don't, I'm, my ears aren't as quick to listen. And yes. um, so it's so good to be to to realize that there's a place that we are empowered as women to walk yeah. out the calling that God's put on our lives, the, the assignment that God's put on our lives, but not as know-it-alls, right? And That's not true. as as women who can't be taught. Um, yeah. or, um, that the, the very fruit of the spirit, um, is not evident in us. And sometimes yeah. in order for that to happen, we do good. be quiet. <laughs> we That's need to be good. quiet. Again, I, I think we need to be quiet so we can receive too. Yes. Um, what, what God has for us to learn. And that's yeah. true for everybody. Um, uh, whether you're yes. or female, um, but I think it's a good reminder, even for our, the time in which we live, because mm-hmm. there has been a time, not just within the church, but our larger cis- Western society where women haven't had the voice that they right. have and right. fought to have a voice within and without, uh, within and without the church. I'm trying to say yes. with Okay. Inside and outside. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> inside and outside. Yes, inside and outside. That's what I was trying to say yeah. uh, of yeah. the church. 
and you can't we can get a little defensive right um, and we that's not a good that's not a good picture no. of Jesus right Jesus right. in fact we know <laughs> defensive was not who he was and as right. we reflect who Christ is we've got to make sure that um that our lives are a mirror of that yes if, if that was happening then you know yes. this, this book's irrelevant it's happening yeah. now um in yeah. a lot of cases and so um I felt empowered and convicted all at the same time that's so good empowered and convicted and I think that's kind of how I felt throughout the whole thing was empowered and convicted and isn't that how it is. That's why they call that. That's why the Bible's called the the living and active word. It's sharper than any two edged sword, pierces to the joint and marrow, and that's what we want it to be. In yeah. fact, I was just thinking about the scripture itself, and we want it to. It tells the Bible tells us the truth about everything, not just women. Exactly and when right. we open the Word of God and we we bring ourselves to it we're coming to be impacted by truth. So we're coming with, if as best we can, with like neutral on the table, we're not coming to prove our point. We're okay. coming to make sure that we're aligning with what yeah. is the point, what the truth is. And so when we allow the word of God to transform us like that, then we can be ever increasing in our knowledge, but also in our wisdom and the wisdom being in how God is operating, how he's working and how it's not about um, a knowledge that puffs up. It's about a wisdom that again, submits to the working of God. And honestly, Bobby Ann, one of the questions that I had given us talked about is how does this impact our lives today? Yeah. And I think a big part for me personally is just um, an encouragement to stay in the word but then to allow the word to to transform, like to to make the the difference in me, because it's really the spirit of God working through the truth that allows us to penetrate darkness and the darkness being all the lies and all the untruths that are that are so rampant. And and, you know, I think that even the way we we do and I want to hear what you think too but the way we do that has to be different than how the world is doing it you know the world is uh, to, uses social media to shout their their truth you sure. know and I'm using my my fingers in quotes but their and and their stand on things and they think the louder that they shout the the more people they'll convince but that's the activity of someone who's deep down not really certain if they are right or not, I think, because they have to shout loud. But truth, when I think about Jesus even, was always when you just made the comment that we don't have to be defensive, Jesus was not defensive. And he never was because he knew he was walking in righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing ruffled him because he knew where he was going and he knew he was right. And yeah. I there's power in that and there's an unshakable powerful force i believe it's part of the force of the church in the world today that as we align ourselves with the heart of god we are a force to be reckoned with and we're going to press on no matter what is happening on the side and so i just think that i don't even know if i'm saying this well but we don't fight the same way the world fights we don't just get out there and holler and yell and scream but at the same time we speak truth in love with both our words and our actions like yeah. you know we we live our truth kind of yeah yeah 
And I think that that's, I, you know, one of the things that uh, as you're talking that I think about how this impacts the, the way I live, I think a couple of things is just the reminder that um, the world's story is not God's story. God's story, yeah. story of the world. And yeah. this is a hot topic right now. Um, but the truth of who God is and what he has done prevails with whatever hot topic there, yeah. there is. Okay. And That's so right. I think and I kind of echoing and, and I'm thinking about something that Christy McClellan said, and I don't think, I'm not sure if this is even what she meant. It wasn't even in for this particular context, but I'm thinking about it of application to this is that some of us have found ourselves, um, and I'm this. This is not a hypothetical, or this is not speaking to me personally. I'm just saying, in general, we find ourselves that God's given us assignments in different circumstances, in different denominations, mm -hmm. in different churches, in different families, in different whatever. And it is important that we know our value, absolutely. Yes. But my value does not come from man. And, yes. and it does not come from the denomination I serve or, or the people, it, none of the, that's not where my value comes from, yeah. but wh whatever circumstance I find myself in is the assignment, yes. it is the assignment. And, and I love what you said that it's walking this out in faithfulness and being faithful to what God's given me does not require me shouting. Right. It does not require me to shout about my value as a woman because right. that's not the story right that's the story right that's good. and so yeah. i feel like if we want to make an impact if we want to help people understand the truth we live the truth that's um, good. the people that are right in front of us and I, I actually i find it so funny that i'm talking to you about this i've actually uh -huh. because tj said something to me hmm. years and years and years ago that mm -hmm. totally changed the way I did ministry, actually, um, mm. which is, I, I tell you that because um, what I'm about to tell you is that he reminded me at the time, it was a time he and I were working together and we were talking about just getting messages out there and getting and mm -hmm. and who we're connecting with and who our audience is and how we grow our audience and all these things. And he said, he said, Bobby, and you treat one person like you would treat 5,000 people. Like, yeah. and, and, and that it's not something new. It was just the way he said it to me. I was like, yeah, I sometimes have my eyes on the audience or the group uh -huh. uh -huh. and whoever That's got good. in front of you right now. That's good. You ministry with it's who you carry out your assignment with, whether they agree, whether this, they have a misunderstanding if they, you just walk in God's story and that's this good. assignment and and that's I've I've realized the longer I've done ministry too and I think you would appreciate this is that there's people in authority over us in all different areas of life whether it's church life or government life or I mean what there's right I've I've really found freedom in knowing that I my ability to walk and lead myself is not dependent on those people. That's good. Uh, and that's a really important thing I feel like, and I've watched that's people, good. I've, been, I've been that person that I felt the need for whoever was in a place of authority above me, um, mm -hmm. um, that they were getting it right. 
I, well, I can't do this unless they're doing da, 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 da. No, 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 I can. I oh, can that's good. in this lane with the things that God's put in trust in me with, and I can do these to what he's called. And I may not agree with them, but I'm not accountable for that. I'm that's accountable good. for this. And that's I think good. that, I, and that Christy kind of talked along those lines about yeah. sometimes we sit at a table with somebody that when we've been invited to, to their house or to their church or to whatever, yeah. um, I'm just called to love them with the love of Christ. That's right. That's um, right. Point them to Jesus. I don't need them to agree with me on all of these things because right. um, the reality is there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of hot topics right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I convinced everybody to agree with me, but they didn't right. know Jesus, what have I done? Right. I've gotten them on my side, but they're still yeah. going to hell. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I think that's an important part of this is that we don't make this the main thing. This isn't the that's main good. Thing. That's um, good. Main thing is Jesus. And yes. this, we can walk in truth. I can, I can walk in and be empowered in this, um, but I don't have to ring this bell everywhere. Right. Um, That's right. I can, I can walk confidently in the assignment that I've been given like and that. not have to compare my assignment with somebody else's assignment. That's right. Really be okay with, wait a second, um, my, this is it. And I'm going to honor God and be as faithful as I can with this so good and so um and because i believe that god those are the places where influence happens too if you want to change somebody's mind you probably shouldn't start with (laughs) you should start with just being faithful with what he's given you right so good so um yeah that's i feel like that did that spoke to me um as i listened to these so so good so good well that's a good wrap up too bobby ann thank you because that i mean honestly that is what it's uh, it's about. We want, um, you know, it's Jesus that makes the difference and he's the one that embodies every bit of who God is and, and shows us what that looks like in human form and life. And so really what we want to live our lives is pointing not to the truth about women or men or our advancement or growing your church or all those things, yeah, the truth about Jesus. We want to live our lives um, being image bearers of Christ, living like Jesus lived, loving people like Jesus loved them, and allowing God to um, reveal himself in and through us in whatever circumstances are coming our way, no matter what they are. And just, and I love the whole, you know, it's the mutuality, not the mm-hmm. patriarchal and the matriarchal, you know, not even that. It's just living mutually beneficial for one another and loving people and giving value to people, no matter who they are, where they are, treating the individual like the crowd, all of those good things, yes, all those yeah. good things. So thank you. Thank you for this great wrap up. I knew it would be a lot of fun. Every time we get together, Bobby Ann, it's like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> we have words. so much to say and we trigger each other in such great yeah. ways. So, well, let me pray for us and we will um, close this out. Lord, I thank you again for this opportunity to um, chat with Bobby Ann. Lord, we thank you that you've chosen us as women to be um 
partners in ministry in such a, a beautiful way in different towns and different places. God, every one of these women, I'm so grateful for each of them. And, and just seeing the image, the part, the part of you that they bear witness to. And Lord, we thank you that you are in all and, and through all and above all. And God, that in all things, uh, Christ can be magnified. And that's what we ask that you would do as we live out our lives as women and um, uh, for those men that are listening, as you hopefully are understanding the truth about women a little more, but as we live out our lives and who we are and where we are with what we're facing, that our number one priority and intent would be um, allowing ourselves to be so impacted by you that if anybody's up close and personal with it, with us, it's you that they have, feel like they've been in community with. And Lord, we just ask you that you continue to be glorified in our lives and in the, um, the worlds that we live in. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks again, Bobby Ann, for being with us today. Yes, my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that conversation that Bobby Ann and I had. How much fun is she? And how much fun is it to have kindred spirits, sisters in the Lord that we can sit with and chat with and share our hearts with and ask our questions with, share our burdens with. I want to encourage you to do that with those that are closest to you. And I hope that this whole conversation regarding the truth about women will not end here for you, but that you will um, take your own deep dive into scripture, maybe revisit some of these episodes, be challenged by um, some of the questions that might have come to you. And the main thing is for us in this season of our lives to be ready to give um, an answer to people that are asking questions, especially related to biblical truth. And let's um, be people of integrity that can handle the word of God with understanding, especially in understanding what the culture was like when the Bible was being written. So many things that we have to learn. I love God's word because it is always rich. There's always something new. And it, his word really does have the power to transform us from the inside out. It's been such a great summer. If you have enjoyed this series, please continue to share it with your friends. Um, tell them about the Prayer Clinic podcast. We will uh, be here every single week. We're going to continue on um, and some great conversations coming up. And as we move into uh, the beginning of this school year and um, actually we're going to spend a few weeks, I believe, talking about some of our biggest questions related to praying through to our breakthroughs. And so um, thank you for listening and remember to keep on praying, my praying people. <laughs>